We've begun this year in a series that I've called First Things First, and we've been thinking about how we can open up our lives so that God can be at work creating the person that He wants us to be. And, and that's a little bit of a contrast from the way we sometimes begin a year with New Year's resolutions, identifying, okay, what's wrong with me that I need to fix this year? And more, what would God have me to be and to do? And when we open up our lives in that way, God can do that. And we began with a key verse in the Sermon on the Mount, which is what we've been studying this month, that says, Seek first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness. And that really has set the tone for the whole series as we've thought about how do we seek that kingdom and that righteousness. And we'll think a little bit more about that before we finish up today. But that really helped us to see that we need to focus on what really does matter. And that was the beginning of the whole journey, focusing on God and his word and his will for our lives. And then the second week, we talked about the fact that inevitably, when, when we focus ourselves on God, we're going to face some distractions. Now, some of those distractions come in the form of good things, things that we value, like our family and our work and our money. And we just have to think, okay, how do those things fit into seeking God first? But some of those distractions are going to be negative things. Some of them are going to be sin. They're things that would lead us away from God. And so we looked at another passage in the Sermon on the Mount and said, you know what? We need to deal with distractions before they become action. And so Jesus said, before you get to the point that you would do someone physical harm, deal with the hate that may be at work in your lives. Before you get to the point that you would commit adultery, deal with the lust that's in your heart. So focus on your mind and heart, and that helps you deal with those distractions. And then last week, we talked about one of the components of our lives that really affects virtually every decision that we make, everything that we do, and that's our relationships. Because the people who are closest to us will really inform how we live our lives and how we need to look at our relationships and recognize that they are valuable and we have to treat them with care. Now today, I want us to sort of wrap some of this up. And this is one of the few times in a series I've thought, Men, we really haven't spent enough time on this, and I feel like I'm almost leaving you with not enough to do this well. We've got a great new series we're going to start next week that's going to lead us to Easter, so I'm excited about that. But as I thought about the end of this series, it also occurred to me that the sense of opening ourselves up should really be part of what we do all the time, right? It's not just a series for January, the beginning of the year. It's really how do we do that throughout the year, and it's my hope that whether it's in here or in a small group study you're involved with, or your own personal study, that you'll be thinking, how do I open myself up to God's leading? And how is that going to change who I am? Because I'm allowing God to lead the way rather than me leading the way. So I hope this helps us think about our lives in a, in a slightly different way. Now, today as we bring it to a close, I want to think specifically about direction. Now, Sometimes we struggle with what direction to go. I'm, I'm reading this novel that opens, it's morning, and this guy wakes up in the middle of a forest. And he doesn't know why he's there. He doesn't remember what's happened. In fact, he's not sure who he is. He's lost his identity. And he doesn't know where to go because he looks around him and it's all just trees. So which way is going to lead back to civilization or to safety or whatever it is he needs? And he's just sort of standing there frozen, paralyzed by his fear and indecision. And in that moment, someone sneaks up behind him and drops something in his pocket and says, head east. And he puts his hand in his pocket and pulls out what the man dropped. And 
It's a compass. And that allows him to find his way back to safety. Now, we're not going to have that in some literal way, but the truth is we struggle at times to know, okay, what direction should I go with my life? There's stuff that's happened, things that you didn't expect, things that took you away from some goals that you had. What does it mean to follow Jesus in this new setting, this new time in our lives? And we have to say, okay, what direction should we follow? And I think we come to a passage near the end of the Sermon on the Mount that gives us some direction in life, helps us make those decisions. And Jesus says this, just two verses from Matthew chapter 7. This is what he says. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. Okay, what's Jesus talking about? Well, we have to remember that in the ancient world, people encountered gates all the time. So this is a common metaphor, a way of describing lots of things in life. Because every town, even the smallest of towns, had a wall around it because that was the primary way you kept the enemy out. And the way you got into the city, or in fact into the temples in most cities, was through a gate. And so people walked in and out of gates all the time, and they would be various sizes, various construction. So this is an image that would really fit the ancient world. And Jesus is saying, life is like this. You got a choice. You can walk into the narrow gate or the wide gate. You're going to have to choose between one or the other. And when we hear narrow and wide in some of the language that Jesus uses, it seems like Maybe what we're talking about is traffic flow, right? There are gates where a lot of people can go in and gates where just a few people go in. And a few weeks ago, Greg Lupton gave a communion meditation about traffic flow. And he knows all about it because he works for the Department of Transportation. And sometimes they try to make traffic move faster, sometimes slower for safety. There's ways and reasons for doing all that. But I think Jesus is going in a slightly different direction in this passage. It's more than just about how many people can fit through that gate. That's part of it. But on a deeper level, I think Jesus is saying something else because he uses a couple of words here for narrow. It shows up the first verse and then he says narrow again twice. Okay, It's two different words. One of those words comes from the same root word that we would get something like affliction. Or trouble. Sometimes the narrow gate is not just narrow, it's more difficult. And the word wide there comes from the same root word that would give us prosperity. Sometimes that's the road of comfort, the road of ease. And Jesus is saying, what I want you to do is take the more difficult path. I want to say, I'm not sure I understand Jesus. Now, we have similar thoughts in, in our world, right? I mean, we have the same kind of analogy. We could say, well, one road is an interstate highway. We know what that is. It's got at least four lanes divided, okay, limited access. You can't build a house and put your driveway right up to I-55, right? That's not allowed. It, it's wider. It's easier to traverse. It doesn't require as much concentration as maybe a country road that's a little more bumpy, 
uh, paved not quite as evenly, not as wide, maybe enough room for two cars to pass, maybe not, you have to figure out how to do that, might encounter some kind of farm vehicle along the way that you really don't know how to get around, and you have to think much more carefully. It's not as easy a way to travel. Jesus says, take the narrower, more difficult road. And we might say, why am I going to take the country road instead of the interstate highway? And Jesus has a very simple answer. The destination. The roads, even though one looks a lot easier and one looks more difficult, do not lead to the same place. And you've got to look at the destination to decide which road you're going to take. Jesus says that narrow, more difficult road leads to life. What does he mean by that? Well, I think he probably means a couple things. We might immediately think Jesus is talking about eternal life, and that's part of it, right? That we're going to spend eternity praising God together. It is a reward. That's part of what he means by life. But throughout the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus keeps talking about the kingdom of God. And when he says the kingdom of God, he's talking about, yes, eternity, but he's also talking about now. God's reign on the earth now. It all began with the crucifixion, Jesus' burial, and the resurrection. The kingdom of God begins then. So he's talking about now. The narrow road leads to life, the life that God intended for you now. We say, well, I'm not so sure. Because that... That wide path looks easier. It looks better. It looks like the way I'd want to live my life. But Jesus says that wide path leads to destruction. Both now and for eternity. It is not the place that you want to be. It is not the life that you want to live. It's not the person that you want to become. Take the narrow, more difficult path. And what I think Jesus is getting at here ultimately is check your direction. Because as we think about this whole series, first things first and seeking the kingdom of God, Jesus is coming back to that. He's coming back and saying, listen, what do you want? Do you want the kingdom of God? Do you want to be part of what I'm doing? Or do you want to choose your own way? There's a couple things that we're not thrilled about, honestly, with the way Jesus says this. And we might say, I wish he had said this in a different way or maybe said something entirely different. Because part of what we might want Jesus to say is, take the narrow road depending on the grace that you receive from me. And the way you get to that is through faith and repentance and baptism. And we just wish that if this is all about salvation, Jesus had made it sound a little less like it's up to me because I'm not very good at that. I'm not very good at making my life what it ought to be. In fact, that's why I need salvation from Jesus Christ because I keep messing it up. I was created and God said that we were all good and we keep messing it up. And so we wish that Jesus might have said more, but I don't think in this passage, Jesus is trying to give us a full-fledged doctrine or theology of salvation. This is how you are saved. I think what Jesus is doing in this passage is saying, you've got a choice. And he is trying to paint it in as clear and stark terms as he can. 
And he's saying it's one or the other. You have to decide. But you've got to remember the two paths don't lead in the same direction. One leads to life and one leads to destruction. Now, in reality, it's not just one decision, is it? Because some people in the room made a decision years and decades ago, and maybe it feels like a lifetime ago, that I want to be a follower of Jesus. I'm going to put my faith in Jesus Christ. I'm going to repent of my sins, and I'm going to be baptized into him. You made the choice. I'm taking the narrow path. I'm taking the path that leads to life because that's the destination I'm aiming for. But the truth is, that's not the only time we're going to have to make that choice, is it? Because after we've made that initial choice, all those distractions that we talked about two weeks ago, they begin to call us. And the path that they call us to is the one that looks comfortable. The one that looks easy. The one that looks like, well, the way everybody else is traveling. And why don't, why don't I just travel that path for a while? Or we face that whole, you know, life is, is really difficult right now. I'm going through some stuff. Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's in our home. Maybe it's financially. Maybe it's our health. And, and life is tough enough. Can't I choose this other path? And we have to decide, which path am I going to travel? I've been traveling this narrow road, but, man, that broad, smooth, even Interstate highway looks a lot easier today than it even did a year ago or five years ago. Maybe I'll just travel that for a little while. But the problem is, it has a different destination. And there are times in our lives when we have to say, you know what, I've changed paths. I'm on the wrong path now. And we have to either go back a different way or backtrack to the narrow path. And you know what that is? That's repentance. That's really what repentance means, is to turn and take a different road. To get back on the narrow path that God called us to. Here's one of the lessons that is really difficult in all of this. There there are people who teach from Scripture, who stand in places like this and say, you know what? God wants to bless you. I believe that part, okay? But they keep on and they say, God wants to bless you. And if you don't feel blessed today, if you feel like life is difficult, like if you feel like your life is not going the way that it should go, something must be wrong between you and God because God wants you to be happy. So you better fix it. And then I hear Jesus say, choose the narrow more difficult path. And I realize that nothing could be more different from that teaching that we hear in the world today from what Jesus actually says here. And it forces us to learn the lesson that easier is not always better. Easier is not always better. It looks better. We like it when it's easy. We like when we learn something, it's easy. When we do something, it's easy. But easier is not always better. Sometimes the path that is more difficult is the right path 
because of the destination. I happen to be reading this morning in my devotions, Acts 14. And in Acts 14, Paul and Barnabas on their, are on their first missionary journey. They're going throughout what we call Turkey, and they're sharing the message of Jesus in towns that nobody's heard about Jesus before. And they are making converts. I mean, people are hearing about Jesus and they're saying, this sounds different from anything we know about. All of our gods that don't really seem to care about us at all. This is, this is a God who became one of us so that he could save us. And they're believing in that. And then Paul and Barnabas face opposition. Sometimes it's from Jewish leaders. Sometimes it's from Gentile leaders. Seems to come from all different places. And they have to leave because of the opposition. One time Paul is... They try to stone him to death, and they leave him for dead, but he's still alive, and he goes to the next town. But at the end of that journey, Paul and Barnabas are reporting back on all that they've learned, all that they've heard, all that they've experienced. And one of the things that they say is, and I'm paraphrasing this, people are going to come to the kingdom of God because of persecution. They're going to choose the narrow, more difficult road. It's not going to be easy, and some people are going to choose it because of that. Check your direction. As we finish sort of trying to pull first things to where they belong in the very first place, we're going to have to make this decision over and over and over in our lives. And as much as it will look like the easier, wider, smoother path is the one that would be so much better. Again and again, we have to look down past the intersection, past this first couple of miles on the road to where it's headed. What's the destination I want to be at when I get to the end because that's what matters. Let's pray together. God, help us to choose the right path. The path that ends up at your feet. That ends up where you are. Because that's where we want to spend this life and that's where we want to spend eternity. So God, give us the, the strength to walk that difficult path. In, in this passage, you don't say as much as maybe we wanted you to, but there's plenty of encouragement that your spirit is with us, God, and we depend on that as we walk the difficult path. Be with us. Carry us when we need to be carried. Point us in the right direction because we want life with you. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and continue to worship.